0: Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, a podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 20, the Punchboarders talk recent plays, reach into the mailbag, head on over to Clefts for a Kickstarter corner. And then we're going to draft our favorite board game designers. Hi, everybody. I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Nah, I'm Richie. Episode 20, guys.
1: Yeah. You know Ooh. what? I am I, I'm still feeling full. I mean, this is after Thanksgiving. I... I think I need to get some pregnancy clothes or something. Like that. <laughs> no, I'm serious
0: right here. I'm like. <laughs> Reminds me of that Friends episode right. where Joey comes out with the maternity <laughs> pants. That's To right. finish the turkey. You <laughs> have to have that. I'm like, put my hands on my
1: belly. He's going to be a soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, uh,
2: did you guys have a good Thanksgiving, though? It was really good. You got to play a lot of games over the week. Now, of course, they were very light games, but, yeah. but not bad. Yeah, that's nice about play what new happened. Games.
0: Yeah, that's about what happened to me. I had, uh, had a aunt and some cousins come over, and I played Strike with them. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, okay. I learned that game, and I didn't have the actual game, but it was just easy to grab a uh, dice tray, uh, one of those nice ones that Andy England made. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to nice. use that and just use regular dice, but uh, everybody loved it. And then played names. nice, you know, easy, fun games. Yeah, we and and that's what kind of what we did too. I brought like a ton of games. And now
1: around here, thankfully, Thanksgiving was nice. So we played a little bit of football catch and touch out in the out in the yard a little bit in the morning, but everybody wanted to play. In fact, I got in late wednesday night to my mom's house and I brought fresco and that's my niece's favorite game wow. and she was nice. really excited she's you know she just turned 13 and she loves art and that kind of stuff so she was like oh you brought my favorite game and then i started explaining it and her mom my sister of course was like "Ugh, this is awful these rules there's too much you know i don't like this game at all of course she beats my niece in the end by one point and does a dance around the kitchen and says how much she loves the game all
0: right yeah, but it, was,
1: it was
2: great i bet you were doing some dancing on friday
1: well, uh, really? yeah, no, I, I,
0: no, 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 no.
1: I, I do want to say this. I was pretty excited about. It. So we made a bet at work, right? Me and another uh, Nebraska fan, and he was a really good sport. But the bet was, whoever's team lost, you had to eat twelve donuts in fifteen minutes. Now I Ooh. made it easy. <laughs> I made it easy on him when the Hawkeyes beat Nebraska. I said, you know, fifteen minutes—that's rough. But he came in like a trooper. on uh, on monday and he ate 12 donuts between breakfast and lunchtime basically but he had the worst sugar headache at at lunchtime these are full-size donuts oh yeah 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 Yeah. yep and and actually my boss was trying to help him cheat you know she's a she's a nebraska fan too she brought a bunch of mini donuts you know and he's like no i can't i I feel like that's cheating you know i I probably shouldn't do that (laughs) meanwhile she says like she kept him at home and her husband's like because he bought those at the dollar store. He's chowing
0: down on these donuts going, "This is the best dollar
1: you ever spent." <laughs> just eat them
0: all. I feel like that would be like me winning a bet getting to eat 12 donuts. <laughs> well, not all <laughs> not, at once. Not all at once.
2: Yeah, that'd be terrible. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, it was a good game. Yeah. Uh, you know, congratulations Thank to the you. Hawkeyes. guys. You guys uh, made it
1: really close. I I definitely had some agita in the end there.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just proud that we, you know, we played a good game and and I feel like uh Teams look better as the year went on, and uh, looking forward to next year. Yeah, there will yeah, be some tightness.
2: Are, you guys are just bad now. You're not terrible.
0: <laughs> well, hey, you had to take Maryland to overtime to beat Maryland. Hey, all right.
2: What was the last game? Where all are right, we going? You crushed. Where Michigan? was the last time right. Nebraska's been to the Big Ten championship? <laughs>
0: Uh, is never an answer, yeah. Uh, no, yeah I sh- yep, it is. No, I, it, it, we did once, didn't you did once, Against Wisconsin, yeah. Well, let's not, yeah. Let's, let's stop talking about football and move back to games. Uh,
1: well, so <laughs> I, do, I do want to talk about one other play that I had around Thanksgiving time. Um, I have two nieces essentially, and they wanted to play, you know, a lot of different games, wanted to experience a lot of different games with me, and um olivia and 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 ariana wanted to play with me i said hey let's try this we we tried playing the estates right i thought i'd try the estates with them (laughs) that was such a bad idea well they beat me okay so so ariana the 13 year old who likes fresco she beat me but like through the course of the game (laughs) they both ended up looking at me like what are you why are you doing that? You said you weren't going to do that. I was like the biggest (laughs) jerk on the face of the earth. Yeah. So that wasn't, that wasn't a successful thing. Well, the other thing though, besides holidays, you got to go to a con and we did not. Richie and I didn't didn't get to go to a con.
0: Yeah. I got to go to ATB con. So uh, my good friends, Ryan and Dan from across the board, had their con here in well near omaha it's in a a town called fremont It's uh, real close and they had it out in a cabin type of an area and let me start off by telling you this story okay so it's friday night and i'm ready to drive out to this cabin now nowadays i don't even think much about driving you just put in a navigation you know if you don't know where you're going and it'll take you right there okay well i went and uh my friend ryan brockman He said, you know, hey, I'd like to come out for a night. So he's going to come out with me on Friday night. So he comes on over to my house and we start to drive out there. Well, he's like, yeah, I know where it's at. It's up on this, I think it was Creek Water or something or other cabins or something like that. So he's like, yeah, let's, let's, uh, we'll just, I know where we're going. So we head there. Well, we get up to this fork in the road that says Creek Water Cabins on a sign. So we're like, okay. And Ryan's like, oh, I think we go left. So we went left. I don't know. We went like, I don't know, 20 miles, nothing that way. (laughs) So we come back. So we decide, okay, well, we'll go to the right. So we went to the right, nothing. So finally, I'm like, let's just navigate this, right? So then I navigate it. I don't know. It takes us somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) So I'm not kidding you, an hour and a half later, we get back to that same spot we were at in that fork of the road, and we just went straight, and it was like, I don't know, 10 feet up the road. (laughs) (laughs) So we spent literally an hour and a half trying to find this place. Wow. Yeah, and by the time we ended up getting there, it was pitch dark, and then it was still even tough to try to figure out where this cabin was, and I finally had to make a phone call, phone a friend to figure out how to get to this place, but luckily we got there. And it was a great time. They, uh, they put on a great con. It was a great atmosphere. It was in a really nice big cabin. So there was lots of tables and lots of room. And there was lots of people there um, having a great time. Uh, we even had great food. They got like, uh, like the mess hall. They made tacos one of the nights. So we got tacos. They brought in pizza another night. They grilled burgers. I mean, I'm telling you, a, a tremendous con that they've got to put on.
1: That was what I had heard from a lot of other people in the area, that it, it was really well done by Ryan and Dan. So yeah. Kudos I mean, to those guys.
0: Amazing. I mean, Dan was so bad off that I, he couldn't talk by the end of the con. His voice was so bad because he'd been talking and having such a good time. Yeah, he couldn't even speak. It was, it was kind of funny. I got to play with Ben Coberly. Uh, he lives up in Washington, and he came down for this con. And we got to play, well, we got to play Pipeline. Uh, we got to play The Estates. I taught him Lorenzo El Magnifico. He'd never played that. And then the next day we got to play Wildcatters and Three Kingdoms Redux. Um, at one point, uh, Brandon Nall from the Brawling Brothers was there, and he was like, are you, like, sponsored by Capstone for this weekend <laughs> or something? Because we played so <laughs> many Capstone games. Uh, but, it, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun.
1: And I want to talk about that because I saw pictures, you know, I was kind of following because I couldn't I couldn't be there. I would think Brandon had to be freaking out because Brandon lives in New Mexico, right? I mean, Albuquerque is where the Brawling Brothers are stationed, home of the balloon capital of the world, right? So Brandon had to be freaking out because I will say Friday during the morning was the worst driving morning I have ever had because there was a snow ice storm and oh my God. There were semis sliding backwards towards me on the on the freeway and on the interstate. I mean, it was awful. I was late to work. I had patients who couldn't make it because they were in car wrecks. It was that that was <laughs> that was awful. And I know Brandon <laughs> had to be like, what the hell did I get myself into?
0: I think by the time I got there on Friday, everybody was just hunkered down and playing board games in the cabin. It didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I it was, we had to walk to the mess hall, though, that night. like It was like a ways away from the cabin. Oh, my goodness. I about froze walk walking to that mess hall. I mean, that, it was cold that night, too. But, uh, no, it was a great time. And uh, I think actually one of the highlights of the con for me is one of the last games we played, it was me and Ryan Freshman. And we played a game of crosstalk versus Brandon from the Brawling Brothers and then uh, board game Bella, Jordan, and then Ben. We all played crosstalk together, and it was one of the more entertaining games of crosstalk that I've ever had. I'll tell you real quick the last clue, and if you don't know how to play crosstalk, you're just trying to make people, you know, your teams guess these clues. We had the clue of movie. And our other partner, Scott, who is our Ryan and I's partner, he gives us these clues of assassin, underage girl, uh, mirror, or something. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, like all these things. And we're all sitting there like we have no clue. And Jordan was giving clues that were like professional or. Um, checkered and and all these things. And so the clues made no sense together, but none of us had any clue what it was. And at the very end found out that it was the movie taxi driver. And I don't know if this is a sin, but I've never seen the movie taxi driver. None of us had. So none of us had a clue. It was lots of fun. Anyways, it it was a blast. And, uh unfortunately ryan and i still we lost we we came close yeah i'm
1: sorry for you but since you asked that is a sin yes yeah yeah (laughs) that is a sin even even richie knows that movie (laughs) so there you go
0: well i i I guess i should remedy that at some point but (laughs) but yeah it was great uh there was uh john the lawyer from lincoln was there um there was uh the guys from wisdoms from wizards were both there they were trying to get me to play an Ameritrash game. Uh, they were trying to get me to play a little WizWar. War. And I said I would. Unfortunately, I just, you know. You ran were too out of busy with Capstone. Time. Yeah, I was too busy with <laughs> Capstone. So next time, I promise those guys, uh, guys, you hear me now, I'm on the record. I will play a game of Wiz War the next time I'm in a call. I want pictures.
1: I, yeah, there you go. And you know what, uh to our listeners, those guys are really nice guys and if you want to be more well-rounded gamers, you should check out the Wisdom for Wizards podcast cuz
0: Yeah, if you want to job. hear things that I would never talk about, go listen to them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, Richie, we were talking about stuff we've been playing. What have you been playing lately? Well, I got in a little box from Lookout Games over from Germany and it had uh here Chad, you're good at German. It's <laughs> Tybor <laughs> de Baumeister. Hey, that was actually wow. Good. I was impressed. I <laughs> <laughs> impressed with Come that. Come on now, which is German for Baumeister, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Tybor the Builder is a little card game from Alexander Pfister. It kind of plays like Sushi Go uh, mashed up with Oh My Goods. Wow, that it's, is a combination. Yeah. It's, I'm not sure that I like that combination, but <laughs> it's I think you'll like it. It's it's kinda okay. like in the same vein of like base Port Royale for his card games for okay. Fisters card games. Okay. So it you know, it plays super quick, but it you play it over four rounds and at the beginning of a round you'll flip out these building cards. So just like in Oh My Goods, your the main goal of the game, the main main way you're gonna get points is building buildings. And then you'll deal out five cards to everybody. And then everyone will choose one card simultaneously. And then, you know, you pass your hand and then starting with the start player, you'll reveal your card and you can do one of three actions with it. So either you put it on the top of your reference card and it becomes a citizen and there's and then all you do is look at it's all multi use cards. All you do then is look at the left side of the card and there's these four different color symbols, which I'll explain what those do here in a second or you can use it for its strength, and you put it onto the the right side of your reference card, and then all you're looking at is this little fist that has a number on it. I'll explain that here in a second too. And then the last action you can do is you can discard the card and build one of the buildings that's out in the middle of the table. And to build one of the buildings that's out in the middle of the table, you gotta, depending on the round, in the first round, it either costs three to build the small side of the building, or you flip the card over and you can build a large side of the building that costs seven strength and then that's what that little fist means on the card and that's what you'd have to discard strength equal to that and then the colored symbols on there so there are four different colors in the game four different color buildings in the game for every color symbol that you have that will discount your strength by one build the building there's usually an action on there that will trigger and then at the end of the game so you do this for four rounds and each round the uh, cost of the buildings goes up. There's uh, also, because you know like in Oh My Goods and the, the expansion, how you try to put a story there? Yeah. You try to do that in this too. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I appreciate the hard work. But really, at the beginning of the game, you shuffle. Uh, there's two little separate decks. and You flip out uh, one of each of those. And it's just like a goal that you're going for throughout the game that you're trying to get for in-game points for both of them. They all have, like, a chapter. You can play through this and read through a story. Don't do that. <laughs> the story's not great, but <laughs> I appreciate the effort. So then at the end of the game, you will score the points on the buildings. Uh, and then they also have, like, a little set collection, depending on the little in-game scoring card that got flipped out at the beginning. And then also on each of the cards, there's a one of ten different symbols. I think it's ten uh, different symbols. And each one of those scores differently. So, like, if there's a sailor symbol. Uh, your first sailor symbol is worth a point. Your second ones worth three points, and then it keeps going up from there. So it's different things like that. Uh, it's actually a pretty good little card game. Plays quick. Like I said, it's it's definitely as far as the uh, heaviness of it. It's definitely more towards the sushi go part of it. It's quick to teach, quick to play, but it it's, it makes a good
1: filler. I mean, I like drafting games. Yeah, I think he, if I remember right, he designed this as a as a income builder for Essen. Like I think. If I remember right, every every Essen there's like one little game that sort of brings money towards <clears throat> towards Essen or or something like that, and he just kind of designed this specifically for that, not this past Essen, but the one before.
2: And so, right. yeah, I think because I know it was put on there as limited, even though they've reprinted it, but it was like a limited edition when it first came out.
1: Yeah, and I think it it was again so popular because it's Alexander Fister and the the mechanics are solid that you know. It did well. Well, that's cool. I want to give it a shot. Sounds yeah, good. I would give it yeah,
0: a try. I would like to try it.
1: Clef, tell me about, because I know I know you and Dan recently got in a play of Carpe Diem, which, you know, around here, that's a Feld, so we want to know about it.
0: Yeah, I got, a, I got a text from Dan from across the board, and he said, hey, I've uh, got Carpe Diem, and I haven't played it yet. I, I know the rules. Would you want to be my guinea pig for learning how to play this? And, of course, my response to that was, oink, oink, because I'm up for <laughs> anything when it's a, a feld. Uh, so many things to say about it right <laughs> <now. laughs> um, Solid game. Uh, very solid game. It has some tile drafting, or, I mean, it has a lot of tile drafting, which is not usually my favorite, but I really liked it in this game because I felt like what I had to do wasn't like a... I don't know, like a huge like puzzle type of thing with, with the tiles. But it had some neat mechanics of how you drafted them, where you move your your worker around, but you only have a couple of different spots that you can go to. Um, and then once a spot's empty, you can bounce off of that. So you're always taking a tile every single round. But then d- these tiles, when you like put them together, they trigger different actions. And which gets you some goods or some money or some bread, you know, different things. And then at the end of the round, I think you played four rounds, you had to put one of your discs on these cards. And these cards are, there's tons of these cards. And they're like A, B, C, and D, and you, a whole bunch of them, and you pick out certain numbers of them. And then you randomly put them out on the board. And you have to put a disc on one of these cards, And if you put, let's say, for instance, let's say you put a card and it's a a five-pointer and the other one's a three-pointer. And let's say you have the 5.1 done or you're able to pay for what goods or whatever it is, but you don't have the ability to do the 3.1, you're only going to gain two points out of that because you're going to gain the five and lose the three. And you don't have a choice. Let's say you didn't have anything done, which did happen to, I can't remember one of us, when we placed our disc out there, you lose all those points. Period. So it's one of those things where you've really got to kind of plan on the cards, not just kind of what you're doing on, on your board.
1: So is there a spatial element here with those cards and stuff and what you're between and, and what you're going for?
0: Well, like the cards are just kind of laid out and they have like, circ- you know, like a disc on either side of them. And you always have to put it on two cards. And there's enough spaces for every card to have a disc on it there. So at the end of the game, every single one of them is going to be there. Okay. But a uh, el- I mean, it was lighter. I mean, it certainly wasn't a super heavy uh, Feld, but I I liked it. It was, I would try to say, you know, more like on a Notre Dame level of a a game. Okay, Like Mm -hmm. introducing
1: your family to a Feld sort of thing.
0: Yeah, almost. I I could really see a lot more, yeah, casual gamers, uh, gateway gamers enjoying this one than, say, trying to slap in front of them, you know, Bora Bora or Trajan or something like that.
2: Do you think that Feld has like in his contract that you have to make the game as ugly as possible? (laughs) (laughs) I know you don't care about that, but Yeah, I don't know.
0: I can't even remember what it looks like. I don't know. (laughs) It
1: looks like an old style Robinsberger game for Feld where it's just like we're gonna put some poop colors on this well yeah, let's get
2: the did you, did bucket you of brown see, paint out and throw yeah. it at the table
0: i'm sure you saw the the uh twitter feed that was going on of the games that ian o'toole said he would like to uh do art for well castles of burgundy i know yeah on. and then somebody was like yeah please i think it was edward yeah. from heavy Cardboards. like can you please do castles right. of burgundy? Yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> so yes i i realize they're not the prettiest games but you know what uh, in the Long run, just give me the mechanics. That's all I care about. Okay. Uh, well, you know, sure. If it looks pretty like brass, I'm, it's all good. But, anyways, Chad, I'm interested to hear about this because I saw it, dismissed it, and just said, I'm not even, I don't even care. Tell me about Keyforge. This was interesting because
1: uh, Finn and I went to the game shop over in Omaha and uh, we were looking for stuff to paint because he part of his thing for school is he decided to design his own board game so we were gonna we were gonna get some miniatures and paint them for you know for icons to move across the board so we we got some war pugs and we're gonna go paint those from uh, from reaper bones some war pugs Did you say war pugs yeah war pugs (laughs) (laughs) yep yep i did not know those existed but you know finn likes animals so everybody's a war pug in his game anyway we picked up (laughs) We picked oink up, oink. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little bit different, but okay. So, we picked up some decks of Keyforge. Now, they didn't have the starter decks or the starter pack out yet. So, we just got the 10.99, we got a or 9.99, we got a couple of the the decks themselves out, and we decided to mess around with them. And we had a really good time. So, if you don't know what Keyforge is, it's a two-player game head-to-head. And it is a unique deck game, which I'll tell you what that means in a second. But it's published by Fantasy Flight Games and, of course, designed by the master of two versus, you know, one versus one deck games, Richard Garfield, of course, of Magic fame. Um, but this has decks where you open a pack for this $9.99 and all you need is right there. You don't build a deck. You have a sealed deck that you open and that's what you're going to play with and it is created by an algorithm basically in a computer so there are a bunch of cards there's a card pool and nobody really has the same deck so it's it's fascinating I think there are like 400 at least different combinations out there Uh, 400 different cards I should say and then all those get combined into different decks through this algorithm so it's it's kind of crazy how everybody's going to have their own unique deck and of course and i'll talk about this in a second but they all have their unique names as well so the computer <laughs> algorithm has a whole plethora of words to name each deck its own unique name
0: so i mean i've played a lot of magic the gathering in my lifetime i mean when i first started getting into games and stuff uh, back when i was young i mean i played a ton and you know went to different things so in my head You know, obviously there's a lot of cards in Magic the Gathering and you can make them all different, but certainly you have the land restriction or the, you know, the mana that you have to use. Mm -hmm. Is there something like that in this game? I mean, it seems weird that you have these different decks that you can do like this. Well, what's interesting is
1: I think, so your decks all have different houses or factions, and I think each deck has three involved, basically. So... On your turn, you're going to have, I think the hand, it's a handful of five or, or seven cards, something like that, and you will choose one of those factions or houses, and then you will be able to play a card down into your tableau, or f- or fight, or reap, which reap is to get this amber, which I'll talk about in a second, or discard, but it can only be from the house or faction that you named, to do all those things. So you will have to make sure you, you, you name that one faction that you want to... So that's where the interesting decisions come in, right? You, you have this tableau of, of guys laid out in front of you, and, and you're thinking, oh man, I want to attack with this guy, or I want to get some amber with this guy, but the card's in my hand, I want to play this action down to the table, and that would you know be able to do this to my opponent, or maybe I need to get clear these cards out of my hand, so I need to name this faction so that I can clean it out. That's where the interesting decisions come. And and, uh, and that's where it's kind of fun.
0: Is it is it more like Hearthstone, where you have like that type of thing? Okay. So
1: this is what a lot of people have compared it to. Unfortunately, I've never played Hearthstone, but this is what the scuttlebutt is from everybody, is that a lot of the gameplay is like Hearthstone in that way. Essentially, to win the game, you are collecting amber. Once you have six pieces of amber, you are able to forge a key. On your next turn, which you have to notify your opponent... Uh, when you finish your turn saying basically when it's their turn saying I can forge a key next turn. So then they're able to note, note that and stop you once you forge three keys, you have won the game. So it's kind of a race to those three keys. So you're, you're, you're trying to, when you reap, you are using a card in your tableau to gather Amber. And of course there are different powers and all those kinds of things too. But
0: oh, hmm. I, I want to try, I, I want to give it a shot. Now I, kind of had dismissed it but it sounds interesting enough to give it a shot.
2: Yeah, and I mean for the price just get get a couple of decks just to try it out. I definitely want to try it.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that
1: 9.99 it's like you just get a deck and it's your deck and you can kind of that's that's the fun in it is you you try to figure out how to play the deck that you've been given which is kind of interesting to me.
0: But now have is there people that it seems like they open up more powerful decks then you know like you're like oh my goodness there's no way i can beat this guy so
1: so that's out there and to balance it what they're asking people to do is everybody to register your deck online and also to play and and register how many play how many wins you have and stuff so they're kind of using that to help balance things a little bit too and there is a thing in the game already which the decks that we have do this called chains. If you have so many chains and certain actions on the card are really powerful, but they give you chains. If you have chains, those limit how much you can draw back into your hand. So hmm. what happens is you get a lot of these chains either from doing powerful effects on your cards or from having a deck that in tournament play has been known to be very powerful and that limits your drawback. Now, now as it works, you will slowly get to gain you know more cards again but those chains at first sort of limit you can can you trade cards with other people in their decks or you're supposed to keep the decks together the decks stay together and you have a list that comes with your with your deck and they even mention rares and stuff in that and i haven't even bothered to check how many of mine in in the two decks that we have are rare but you know yeah they have a deck list and that is what comes with it, you know? And so I'll give you I'll give you an idea. One of the decks is called Camius, the Lord of Angels. Now that's I mean that's you know that's standard. It sounds like a sure. kind of a, a deck, but I, I'm ta- I'm telling you there are the craziest names from, because these are all all picked from a computer algorithm. Uh, one of them, which again Fantasy Flight has tried to head this off at the pass <laughs> and tried to tried to grab these these decks back and said hey if you give us this deck back we will give you two in return like one of them is called something the farmer of racism which <laughs> what? Yeah, which is sort of an unfortunate name now if you're if you're creating a computer algorithm you think maybe you just strike racism from the dictionary of, of words that might be picked but i, oh my I don't know
2: i'm not fantasy flight but there's a reddit thread that's tracking like all of the funny names
1: well my favorite so far my favorite so far seriously and it, it's been all over the internet so it won't be any news probably to our listeners but it is called the boy who basically headbutts heaven i mean that's the that's fantastic every word in that phrase is fantastic it's not just he headbutts heaven he basically does basically you
0: know?
1: <laughs> so anyway you, you you should give this game a try you i mean at 9.99 it's 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 a good deal. Now with the decks, I will say I didn't have a starter, I didn't have a a, a starter case, so I had to provide amber and stuff, you know. But it, I just took, you know, some coins and some different stuff to sure to yeah. symbol symbolize stuff that. that all gamers have. Now even if you <laughs> get the starter set, though, the instructions aren't in the box; they're online, which I think is kind of weird. Hmm. It, it, that's important for a game to put the instructions in the box, but I, maybe they're thinking like the you know the the different. Like magic, you know, it could be miles and miles long. So we're just going to keep it online, but still,
0: yeah. Magic used to have the rules inside their starter decks. You couldn't understand how to play that game coming out of those rules, but <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely love to play it with you guys. So that being said, since we just kind of talked about game components and Ian tool redoing certain games, Richie, I think you have a pertinent letter in the mailbag that would be good to take out at this time
2: i do so we got a another email from david from saskatoon and david sent us a great email with some great questions in it and he was kind of referencing uh, castles of burgundy how we were talking about how you know it's ugly and the components are terrible so uh, one of the questions he had in there is do game components really matter to you guys let's start with Clef, because i know <laughs> i well, think i know the answer
0: i, I want to read the most important line that he wrote in this email is does game components really matter to you guys my feeling is that Clef's answer would be if the game has great mechanics but serviceable components i'm happy and then he right after that puts that's my opinion anyways <laughs> I, what else do you need to say i mean we're there okay is brass beautiful Yes. I mean it's gorgeous and they did an amazing job with the artwork. But would I play the old version of Brass now that I know how amazing that game is? Absolutely.
2: It, it, but you didn't play it before.
0: But you would that's not I have had played it. it if it I
1: had have it on it. my shelf and you were not begging to play it at that point. But
0: that but not because that the, I was like oh, the artwork's terrible. I've never said that. I've never gone oh, the game just looks ugly, I'm not going to play it. It didn't pull you in, though. And exactly. you said, now that
1: I know, because it was on my shelf, and it, that implies that
0: no, I You guys are not going to get me. No, Here. you're not going to get me.
2: Even though Chad loves Ian O'Toole and his beautiful design, he also likes a lot of ugly-looking games. <laughs> and a lot of times those games are punishing, like uh, Antiquity, right? Yeah. So if he pulled out a game that looks like Antiquity, what are you going to think? I, I'm going to think, I hope this game is good. But what are you really going to think in the back of your head? I
0: I know you guys are trying to get me here, <laughs> but it's not going to happen. I enjoy, listen to me, I enjoy nice looking games. All right. I like Ian e& O'Toole artwork. Okay. But not as much as Chad, but I like Ian e& O'Toole artwork. Okay, nobody likes Ian e& O'Toole as much as Chad, <laughs> but um, I like how brass looks. I like how, um, you know, a Lisboa or something looks. Put Castles of Burgundy in front of me. I don't care. I'm fine. The game, during the game, I'm not going to sit there and go, God, I wish these components were better. There's no way
2: you would have backed the latest brass if they just did a straight reprint.
1: He's right. He's right. You have to admit that because you did not pick it up. I mean, like, I picked that brass up, the old one, and you just kind of looked at it, you know, and weren't excited about it. But, of course, you jumped right on that Kickstarter.
0: (sighs) Okay. But okay, I th- I'll tell you though there was really one reason that I liked that Kickstarter as much as I did, and it didn't have anything to do with artwork, didn't have anything to do with anything with the boards or anything. It was the poker chips. It had to do with the poker but chips. But look, that the says poker game chips. components, my friend. Well, okay, if I was to pick my favorite game component, it would be nice metal coins or poker chips. But I mean, I don't give me castles of Burgundy. Give me. It matters. Uh, yeah, it it of matter. the Dragon.
2: Yeah, you just said it. Um, <laughs> all right, so... David, let me and you, we're right,
0: whatever these guys yes. want to say.
2: All right, so his next question, kind of talking about Castles of Burgundy here. So, do you think Castles of Burgundy would be as popular as it is today if the game first came out with blinged-out components at twice the M- MRSP? Uh, MSRP. MSRP.
0: Uh, would it be as popular?
2: Right, like, yeah, that's, well, a, that's like the Like brass?
0: I mean, if it's like brass, it's possible. I think, personally,
1: I think it would pull more people in to have nicer art and nice components. Some people who are, let's say... Ameritrash or Amerithrash gamers on the edge who have heard so much about this game, they are very reluctant to play it. A, the theme, okay, which doesn't change with the components, but B, they look at that artwork, they look at the components, they go, no thanks. I'm, no, I'm not going to do that. And it would, I think it would pull more people in, and I don't think the price point would keep more people away. I mean, look at Kickstarters and how much they're funding with all this money that's being, you know, shoved at people. People will pay that. And so, for a blinged out Castles of Burgundy, I think people would pay it and more people would get to enjoy the game.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think price would make a huge difference. Cause, I mean, right now, about 100 bucks is what you're looking to spend on a, a Kickstarter of a, you know, a nice popular game. That's a like a a big box game. Right. And I mean, with Castles of Burgundy, I think if it would have came out back in the day blinged out, it definitely would attract more people to the game. It would probably be more popular, even, even though it's extremely popular now. I mean, it's in the top 10 on BGG, right? Right,
0: yeah. It, for me, I just... Like, okay, for instance, I backed Barrage, okay? And Barrage looks pretty cool. I mean, it has a lot of the the brass type of look to it, you know, same kind of color scheme and stuff. I mean, it looks cool. It's got some sort of a 3D waterfall thing. That is and the I, deluxe version. The deluxe version. Yeah. And bet, so you're about to prove our point yeah, once oh, exactly. again. Ah, but I would have rather... I would have rather have paid less money. Okay. Why do I pay didn't less? You then? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no one forced what you I'm to buy that? Yes, but the only way I could get the expansion was to do the full pledge.
2: This is the first I've heard about you talk about the expansion. When you said that you were going up to the deluxe version, it was because of the 3D printed I don't print know out. about that.
0: Okay. I'm not Parts. sure about that. I'd have to look back. I don't, I don't know. think that's Maybe true. I'm contradicting yeah, myself. Yeah, I think you are yeah. because you, I Maybe like... it's the, you know, the FOMO. I don't want to all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. have, like, the, the lesser <laughs> version. Like... But if there was no better version, I would be okay with it, as long as the gameplay is still good. That's what I'm trying to say. I'd be fine with Castles of Burgundy look to Barrage, if it has great game components. But since they did make it look so beautiful, yeah, I want to have the prettiest one.
1: (laughs) Right. I I think you were like, I want to play it. I'm jumping in on that 3D version.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to play the nice version of brass. I don't want to play, you know, uh, the greatest showman version of brass. You know, I want to play the nice (laughs) (laughs) one. If you guys not heard it called the greatest showman version. Because he has that, that. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Man,
1: I have a higher opinion of Hugh Jackman than that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but, you know, that is interesting. I, you know, I, I will say, like, every time I play my copy of Orléans, you know, and Richie has his copy of Orléans, it does make a difference. You know, it does. And I kind of think, oh, I wish I played with Richie's copy. But it's still a great game. Obviously, it's still <laughs> right. a great game. Yeah. But and it I, does
2: make a difference. Yeah. I think it definitely makes a difference. All right. So his last question was, what game do you think should get the Roxley makeover or treatment?
1: So this is the dungiest dirtiest most depressing game that you can think of that deserves that that that
2: makeover all right so for me it's going to be nippon because i mean w- first off what's your game i love them but uh, the boards are watch, usually watch, pretty boring
0: watch yourself right now. <laughs> watch yourself i
1: can get down with what he's saying the, those score tracks are all the same yeah same
0: muted color palette
2: yeah, same meeples for the your little guys. So
0: same gorgeous, beautiful games. Yes, I. <laughs> I, I, I...
2: The game itself is is you know as far as the mechanisms is beautiful. It's a work He's of saying
1: art. A Roxley makeover, which isn't to change much of the mechanisms, but
0: the art. Well, no, the... no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to have more than just you know. It's all black cubes for everything. For yeah, the coal for. You know, your light bulbs are black cubes. Yeah, there. yeah,
0: <laughs> you know what I'm all saying? right. So, so some just
2: uh, some upgraded components, some new art. You know, just a fresh coat of paint on there would be good.
0: <sighs> I guess I can't disagree with that.
1: Okay, so I, and I and I totally I totally agree. Any what's your game could use that that treatment. And Nippon, like we talked about uh, a couple of episodes ago, is is one of their most elegant and and accessible and fun games. I think, but but. What do you guys think about I mean, and this is sort of the same art style. I think it's Rocher. I cannot remember, but uh what do you think about a deluxe treatment of Trois or Brussels
2: 1893? Right. I uh, Nope, I think they look fine. I I like the art in both of those. I like I like that yeah? art okay. style. I okay. do like that art uh, style. I
1: don't me. dislike it, but I'm I you know, I kinda I kinda wanna see and actually with the dials and stuff and maybe some metal coins with the Brussels like I don't know I, I I'm just interested to see how that would look. I would I would I, I would probably go in if Roxley did that. if Roxley really did it up, I'd be excited for a Brussels 1893 and again, you know that's that could that could work for me.
2: yeah, I would definitely take upgraded components on in either of those games and especially twa just a better way to track victory points than those little right. Chits.
0: yep I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. I yeah. don't know. I just don't know. is care. clinging to his reputation I, here really I, hard. I know you're trying to say that. I just, <laughs> I mean, I thought to myself, Grand Austrian Hotel, you could make the cubes all, you know, yep. actual dishes and stuff. That's a good one. Well, I you like that. makes, you know, the dice a lot nicer. You know, you, you could do some nicer things. But in the end, I mean, when I play the game, it's not going to be any different.
2: All right. Well, I'm. I'm going to bring over my copy of Grand Austria because I have replaced all the wooden uh, dice with uh, plastic dice. So yeah. with nice rounded corners, and <laughs> my sister's working on making all of the uh, different, you know, the coffee and the strudel and whatever Scopey it is and
0: stuff. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. is yeah. true. We that's did get exciting. to see some of those pieces when we were at Origins. That's going to be exciting, that, and that you was, were
2: oohing and eyeing over.
0: Oh, those they're two. nice. Yeah. I, I. I
1: don't disagree with that whatsoever. Uh, well, you might have some FOMO if you saw those come out. Then.
0: You know, it, it's it's the same for me with the uh, the inserts. Um, sometimes I just don't know spending the money on those things to upgrade them if, if you know, if it does, um, you know, quite what, uh, you know, I feel. But then again, uh, Ryan Brockman, who, you know, I went to uh, CrossboardCon, he has a 3D printer and he's started to make some of those. And he made this one box that, like, on the top of it, he was going to put, like, Punchboard Paradise, like, on the top of it. Like, and it looked super awesome. It's like, I don't know why that would be in a board game, but it looks really cool. <laughs> there
2: you go. See, with inserts, if it makes the game faster to set up and faster to put away, then I'm all in. And now uh, Folded Spaces, I think it's called Folded Spaces. They're about to run a Kickstarter here pretty soon, but they are doing affordable uh, foam core uh inserts which are like only like 15 to 20 bucks
1: and see now i'll be all over that because what i do is i take how much of a percentage of the game cost was this to get the insert in and and that's usually what i do and so I i don't end up with that many inserts but i totally see a value for it so well this was a good question i mean thanks to david from saskatoon i have to say though His email is laid out really interestingly because, of course, he starts out to say, hey, uh, I love hearing that episode and it's okay that Clef rated the game a one. So we're all reading this together and Clef's like, yeah, yeah. But, of course, at the end, at the end of the email, he goes on to say, um, by the way, those linky questions were awesome. Well, thank you, David. I put those together myself. And he says, I knew most of the answers. After all, what Eurogamer wouldn't know the designer of an uh, designer of Imperial by Mac Gertz? Are you sure Clef's really a Eurogamer? <laughs> and then, of course, Clef
0: got very. <laughs> David, come on now. I mean, you're friends here. What's going on here?
1: <laughs> no, thank you. And if you want to email more stuff for uh, Richie's mailbag, please uh, shoot us an email at uh, punchboardparadise at gmail.com. Clef, let's get to your Kickstarter quarter.
0: All right, so this week's Kickstarter, I am going to talk about Ragusa. Uh, Ragusa is a strategic Euro game for one to five players that is brought to you from Brain Crack that's over in Europe and then Capstone Games here in the states so this is approximately around 60 minutes the kickstarter itself is around 45 dollars and it's from fabio lapiano uh same gentleman who did kalimala so the game is a worker placement game with kind of houses as your workers and on your turn you're basically going to be placing a house and you can place it either in the countryside or you can place it in the city. And when you place one in the countryside, it's gonna increase your resources that are then gonna help you then build houses in the city that are going to trigger different actions in the city. In the city though, when you also place a house, there are going to be, if there are more houses there, it's going to trigger better actions. So similar to Kalimala, where, you know, if you put your disc in the same spot, you got better actions, it's the same kind of, type of game as that. So when you place a house in the city, you're going to get to do different things like craft commodities, you can trade with ships, uh, you can go to the market, or you can do what's kind of called building your legacy, which is kind of building walls that are going to be connected and do different things and basically do things that are going to get you victory points. I think it seems like it's a little more on the lighter fare. I don't think this is going to be a, a super heavy type of Euro game, but I think it's going to be one of those that's going to have some nice decisions where you're kind of deciding, am I going to sell or am I going to buy? You know, am I going to go get resources? Is it better for me to build the wall this time? I think it's just going to have some nice euro type decisions. Looks really nice. The components look beautiful, guys. All right, there, you heard me say it. Um yeah, overall, I think this looks like a really good one. and the at the price point once again, forty five dollars. I mean, I'll say one thing right now about Capstone. They are putting out some great games and at very reasonable prices right.
1: yeah, they're they're that's that's a a sticking point for them. They want to make sure that it's affordable and that it's it's worth your time and worth your money. And I think, one one question about the game mechanics now when you put a house down where there are other houses within the city doesn't that trigger abilities for the other houses as well that are down i think that yeah i do i do believe bonus.
0: that's exact, yeah that's how it works and so it, it's kind of one of those things where yeah it's going to trigger different uh, actions and stuff for other players too. So yeah, so it's, it's pretty of a cool mechanism.
1: Yeah, so the decisions are about trying to weigh, like, do I really want to do this or do I want to help other players out? And then the other thing that I found cool in this game, even though, like you said, it, it may be a little bit lighter. I think it it's it's a step above Kalimala from what I can see though. Uh, but what's interesting also is the combo building, at least to me, right? So I, I put this wall down and if you build those walls, you kind of trigger combos across. And so that kind of looks that's what kind of looks uh, beguiling to
0: me. Yeah, no, agreed. And another nice thing about this, not necessarily for me, but maybe for you guys, it has a solo mode, which is always good nowadays. I mean, I think that's something really important to a lot of people. So yeah, so if you're definitely interested or if you like to I definitely think this is worth checking out. Um, once again, like I said, this is called Ragusa, and it's by Fabio Lopiano.
1: Well, you know, I know that this is Clef's Kickstarter Corner. It hey, what are, you,
0: what are you doing? Kickstarter <laughs> Corner's over.
1: It, no, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just wait a minute. Okay. It, I, it'll always be Clef's Kickstarter Corner, but I just can't not talk about this game. It's kind of, I mean, Richie and I are kind of interested about this one. Not that we're not about Ragusa, but Richie and I, we were kind of seeing this pop up on Kickstarter. We want to talk about it. This game called QE. Have you heard about this, Clef? No. All right, well... This is, hey, it's an auction game. All right. So that piques our interest right there. It's a three to five player auction game. It runs approximately 45 minutes, it looks like. Now, this is a new game put out by BoardGameTables.com. When I say new, it's they're putting it out new, but it's been out on Kickstarter before. BoardGameTables.com is trying to get into this space of offering affordable games now. So they're like
0: like my table that's over there. Yep. Okay. Same
1: company that put that out. So boardgametables.com and chad deshawn um but originally this was designed by gavin Birnbaum, who actually is kind of a woodworker too because the ones that he put out on kickstarter in the past were these kind of elaborate you know uh wood carved uh games that he put out and had a very limited limited run because obviously they're you know they're all carved yeah, they're so oh yeah
2: all handmade by him right wow
1: yeah okay. So And and it, it, it did pretty well. It kind of sold well on the success of a heavy cardboard teach-and-play-through. So props to Edward on that because he he found something that he really liked in that and helped sell it to the community and really gave it a boost. But BoardGameTables.com and, and Chad Deshaun, I think, saw this and said, you know, really this needs to be more accessible. It's a It's a great game. We need to, you know, get more out of this to the market. So the way that this game works, the way this auction works, right, is that each round one player is going to take the 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 role of an auctioneer. There are these tiles in the middle, okay? And they're company tiles, right? So these these auctioneers are going to lift up these tiles and say, "Hey, this is for bid." And then players are going to take these these cards and they're secretly going to write a bid on the on their cards and hand those to the auctioneer. Well, the auctioneer is then going to look at those bids and write the winning bids secretly on the back of the, the company tile and hand that to the winner. So whoever bid the highest, he's going to write that secretly and, and give it to the winner. Now, the catch is that players can bid as much money as they want. There's no limit, right? There is no limit. You could, you could bid $10 quadrillion, which is crazy, but you could do it. So then the company tiles are going to score points, from a set collection aspect, so that the companies that match your particular country, because each player is kind of a country, you're going to score matching for for those companies and that that sort of thing, basically. But just like in high society, that Reiner Knizzi game we like, the player that spent the most money at the end of the game when you add all those bids up is out. Now, those are the winning bids we're talking about, but if you want to bid by spending 10 quadrillion, that could really hamstring you, right? You may get those points, but you're, you could be out if you spent the most money. So this is really interesting to me because as one of the blurbs on the Kickstarter said, you can play this as a, you know, a Euro, a midweight Euro game. Or you can play this kind of as a social deduction game where you're just bluffing and, and badgering people and that kind of thing, you know. So there, there's a lot to this that really interests the heck out of me.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm really excited about the, you know, just like with the estates, it depends on the personalities that are at the table, on how that game's going to go. And then I love in high society that the whoever spent the most money is out. I just I that's one of my favorite mechanisms in a game. So that that's why I'm excited about it and I've been, you know, keeping track of it. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't get in on any of the, you know, handmade ones, but you know, I'm I'm glad that they're br- making this, you know, a lot more accessible.
0: I'm in. Yeah, get well, me the Kickstarter right now. I mean, I love the thought of that. It's listen. only like
2: thirty-five bucks, no, right?
0: Yeah, th- thirty-four dollars with free shipping in the U.S. What I know. Listen to that. So
1: really, and and this isn't much. You know, we're talking about if they hit some goals, they're going to do more than cardstock and stuff, and make it you know portable tiles like like wits and wager tiles where you're writing with markers, right? But it, I mean, that's the thing. So it's not woodworking, but it's portable. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So you take this around. You can take it like high society and take it to different functions and have fun. Yeah, this is, I'm again, in. this I'm is in. the reason we play auctions, right? Because it's all the above-the-table interaction between players. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of that in this because it is an open market, which is kind of crazy, right? It's kind of crazy that you just bid whatever you, the heck you want, but you're watching
0: the other players. Oh, my God. I want to play this now. <laughs> I
1: know, yeah, that right? sounds awesome. <laughs> so just in case anybody's interested, QE, uh, for those who don't know, because I kind of looked it up. QE is it stands for qualitative easing, which relates to the financial crisis of two thousand eight with the housing market, where the banks were adding cash money essentially to the to the market by buying these bonds with money they really didn't have like out of thin air. So that's kind of where this has come from. You just say, um, I'm going to give 10 quadrillion, you know, that, uh, and that's again, a simplified version, but that's, that's kind of where that comes from, which is okay, interesting.
0: He, he was doing really good. And then he lost me there at the end.
1: Well, yeah, I think QE sounds a lot better than qualitative <laughs> easing. Right.
0: Uh, I, I approve of you jumping in on the clefts kickstarter (laughs) corner i i like this one and i'm excited you did good you did good guys good job (laughs) thanks that means a lot man (laughs) oh richie what's it time for it's time for the draft oh yeah
1: so today we are drafting our favorite designers now this suggestion actually came to us from one of our listeners, Patrick Hillier. He's on Twitter at OverTheHillier. He's called himself Over the Hillier gamer, And uh, he suggested, you know, hey, you guys did your favorite publishers. I'd really like to see your favorite designers. He's a contributor to the Cubist podcast. And also he's been on the What Did You Play This Week? Podcast as well. So he's a great guy, and we really appreciate his suggestion. So we thought we'd just run with it. Before we run with it, Richie, why don't you give our listeners who haven't heard this before
2: our rules for the draft? Sure. So on Punchboard Paradise, uh, we like to have unique games for every pick. So that's why we draft. So we'll randomly determine who will go first, and that person will pick the draft order. Uh, Then it's going to be a serpentine draft, so that just means the person who picks last in the first round will pick first in the second round, and once a game is drafted, it's off the board, no one else can take it. Uh, So let's
0: roll for it, fellas. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've been doing a lot of thinking. I, normally, I do drafts, and I'm not saying I don't, you know, like, put time into it. Right. But, but like, normally, you don't do a lot of thinking. Just right. I mean, normally. I just, I know it. Like favorite. God, and I said, right, right after he said that. Uh, <laughs> shut up. But this time, for designers, I mean, I took some time with this. And not only did I take time to pick out my favorite designers – but I have been like, okay, if Chad wins the draft, if he goes first and he takes this, then I'm going to take this. Or if Richie – I mean, I am – so I'm, I'm a little worried about rolling yeah. this dice. I think it's I, called
1: the what's your game <laughs> gambit. Yes, I have a whole yeah. plan.
2: And Chad, if you mess yes. this up, you're in trouble.
0: Richie and I are still a little bitter. Than yeah, got. a
2: little bit. <laughs> what's
0: your game? His
1: favorite Here we
2: go. Four.
0: Duh.
1: Five. Yes! Nine! <laughs>
0: all right i'm going first i'm not screwing this up i'm going first (laughs) okay even since i'm not sure this one might be better because there's some really great things that are going to be off the board but i'm going to go first because i want i've decided that this is the person i'm gonna take i'm going simone luciani i've got to solid i mean he's got lorenzo my number two of all time he's got marco polo in my top ten He's got Newton that's right outside my top 10. Zolkin, which is another great one. Grand Austrian Hotel that's on my top 10. I mean, even Council 4, that one's not maybe in my, my top, but I mean, I still like that game. And Barrage looks beautiful. I mean, I haven't gotten to play it yet, but I can just tell it's good. <laughs> I've, I've got to take them. I mean, there are some great designers out there, and I mean, I'm going to ooh and ah and be all ticked off of here in a moment when you guys take some that I would love to take, but I cannot not take him at this spot. I've got to take him number one. So my number one, Simone Luciani.
1: That's a that's a good pick.
0: Solid. I, yep. He's on I, my I list. Get, I didn't even pick who who gets to go second yeah, and yeah, third. I was so, so excited. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going. Um I'm going to go Richie two no, no, no. Take that back. I'm going to go Chad two, Richie three.
2: No. Hey, Richie's much happier. He's giving side eye to Clef just that. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you mess this up yeah, for me, Chad. That's yeah,
0: why, because that's why I want to do this. Yes. Because <laughs> I want to see if Chad just is like, I got to take him or if he's going to try to. <laughs> <laughs> see,
1: this is really tough for me because I know they're just telling me right now, if I don't pick this guy, they're going to pick him. Uh, you know, this is, this is tough. Okay. What I'm going to say is because we're talking about designers here. We're talking about designers, all right. Yeah, that's you it. can't choose yeah. any tool. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Exactly. Okay? okay. So we're talking about designers now. I I'm gonna go with because he he really is a master. I have all of his games that I can think of. I think I believe no, I, I'm missing maybe one, but I, I can't I can't not pick Alexander Pfister. <gasps>
2: all right, it's. <sighs> I know what my next pick is. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Well,
1: look. All
0: right, let's continue because Alexander Pfister I mean, is an amazing pick. Great
1: Western Trail is a fantastic game, is it not? <laughs> my, I mean, everyone. number right? one. Okay. And I don't have every one. You don't have Ty War the Builder? I, that's the one that I don't have, okay? <laughs> I have Port Royale. I have Broom Service, even. I have, you know, I have all those. So.
2: Do you have Broom Service, the card game? Okay, I don't have the card yeah, game. I got a whole list here, because right? I have all of his games.
1: Okay, all Whoa,
0: right. Oh, <laughs> right. Rich is throwing it down. Yeah,
1: well, you know, again, that's the draft, right? That's the draft. So, hey, right. uh, Mombasa is a great game. It is. Uh, all those. And the thing is, is that I just love the decisions that he puts in the games. You know, I, I every single one of them. And I am so hyped for Blackout Hong Kong. He... I love the interviews. Actually, I love listening to interviews with him because the way he started, he kind of just started out by designing alternative rules to some of the games that he liked. And yeah, I mean, hey, we're talking about this is a guy that's won the the Spiel des Jahres or Kinnerspiel, Spiel, let's say, two years I think in a row, even right. So yep, that's that's pretty solid
2: designer pedigree right there. That is my number one. Alexander Fister. Do you have both expansions to Isle Sky that you ordered from Germany? <laughs> no, that I you didn't. have to go through German
0: websites to try to figure out. I, I guess I, I guess I, <laughs> I failed that uh, that rubric. I, I don't think I've ever seen Richie this worked up about know, Kind before. of fun. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, uh, all right, Richie. It
2: was going perfect because if anyone was going to take Fister, it was going to be Clef. I.
0: He was my number two. And I knew it was either going to be Simone and,
2: Luciani or yeah, Fister with you. Yep. And so, oh, right when you said, oh, I, th- I was like. I perfect
0: you, you thought you had it
2: falling in place but now you can take away his all right so <laughs> now i've been forced to take batal lacerda
0: <laughs> you've been that forced like, i've been forced that sounds, that's a great pick <laughs> it sounds like he's like yeah like oh <laughs> this hack that i have to pick now <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about that's a great pick <laughs>
2: no he does he's a fantastic designer uh vinos and Gallers are my favorite of his games but uh, i enjoy lisboa and uh, Kanban's not my favorite. I'll play it, but it's towards the bottom. I of I think
0: it. if we knew the game better, I think we would play it more. I yeah, think that's one thing. We just got to get the it back way to the, the rules table. were
2: and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the whole no. but car
0: it's
1: track yeah. thing always mm-hmm. throws me off. As yeah. far as like, <laughs> <actually> but you <laughs> are you're it. pretty excited to play Escape Plan when I get it in.
2: Yes, yeah, so I am excited for Escape Plan. Um, the CO two the the second chance. Yep, yeah, I have got Reaper, that coming. CO two, I want to play. Uh, so yeah. This shouldn't be my pick, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to have you, Vital on my on my team.
0: Yeah. If Vital's listening to this episode, yeah. he's gonna be like, sure. Why, Shop I liver, I guess. He's right? The last guy on the kickball team. If, if Fister's gone, I yeah, guess yeah. I yeah. get picked. <laughs> he's getting
2: picked. I was just I was really banking on Fister. Uh, <laughs> that really threw me off here, Chad. Uh, All right. <laughs> I'm gonna move on to my second pick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to take uh, Michael Kiesling for my second pick.
1: Yeah, that's a rich pick right yep, there. I
0: figured he would take that.
2: Uh, you know, Definitely one of my favorite designers. Another person that I pretty much try to track down every game he produces. Um, and I'm just going to talk about right now just his design. So Vikings, even though I know no one plays Vikings except for me. But <laughs> uh, you
0: and, tried it to me that day, and yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it quite a bit. I'd like yeah. to play it again.
2: I would, yeah, definitely recommend going out trying to track that down if you uh, haven't played it. But it is a great game. Also, another uh, designer that is, you know, has won the Spiel des Jahres. I think he. It's either I can't say the other designer, but just because I don't want to, you know, throw out other names out there until we actually draft them.
0: Like we don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> you never know. Hey, someone in the one of the listeners might not know.
2: Okay, but um, I think they. Between the two of them, they have the most wins. Yeah, that sounds Spiel about right. I guess probably. So, Unless, uh, but, yeah, yeah, uh, I think the other designer may have one more, however like his own personal. Anyway, we'll just stop talking cryptic talk. <laughs> 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 but Vikings, Azul, and then actually a lot of these he was Heaven and someone Ale. someone else. Oh, yeah, Heaven and Ale, Riverboat. Um, I was trying to discern the ones that he's. Yeah. Just you say had. Azul. I mean, yeah, I said Azul. Yeah,
0: okay. yeah, you know, that's uh, his, that's his weakest out of all those. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. a gateway game and it's a classic. <laughs> Sorry, a, Mike, I'm just kidding. I love Azul. <laughs> right. so it's a solid abstract
2: game and it's mean abstract game, so I like it. <laughs> but yeah, he puts out great games. Uh, it, and I know I've gone on about him early, you know, in our earlier episodes, gone on a lot about um, my love for Kiesling. So that is my second pick.
0: All right. a good thing one of us didn't take that too i think richie might have just uh quit the podcast on us chad (laughs) all right chad back to you what is your second pick
1: all right well another evergreen designer for me that i will always always check out what what he has going on is stefan feld he has created some of my favorite games uh, if I had to choose, I'd probably say Castles of Burgundy, just the way it is, is just such a classic. Unlike Richie, I love Trajan, I love Bruges, I even love which is the multi-use cards. You know, so many. I, I like Notre Dame or Notre Dame or whatever as a nice light drafting game. There are just so many of his games that I really enjoy. Even with the family, I like playing La Isla, for example he just he just picks a mechanism and kind of really explores it and it's it's always interesting and honestly he has a really great mix of a little bit of luck so it's not chess and a good amount of strategy and going down a certain rabbit hole rabbit hole to kind of explore
0: i think i think chad probably just won the the poll when it goes up i mean he's got Fischer and he's got Feld. Right. i mean yeah, yeah. Feld he's, gets a lot of love yeah he's just trying to win the <laughs>
2: yeah <win> <laughs> Well, you know his games are good because they are just butt ugly. They really are. And and like I said, I do judge a book by its cover. And I mean, Castles of Burgundy is probably my second most played game. Yeah, in person, it's a a great game. Yeah, and a lot of great. A lot of his games play great at two players as well. Exactly. That's so true. Is that his games usually scale really
0: well? Absolutely, I would agree with that. Good pick, sir. Very good pick.
1: All right. Well, what do you got, Clef? You get the turn on this one.
0: Okay. Well. The first one here are my second pick, I should say. I am gonna say as a duo here, because these two gentlemen made three of my you know most favorite games, and they did them together, and they really haven't done anything separate. So, I you guys are okay with me saying these two together? I mean, it makes sense. It's not like I'm, you know, I mean, this is really their games together. They haven't yeah. done other things. Definitely. Uh, so um, now. I'm going to completely butcher their names. So, Chad will say what their real names are after I say them. So, it's Nuno Bizarro.
1: Yeah, Bizarro Sandiaro. And yeah. then.
0: And then, Paulo Soldea. Soledad. Soledad. Yeah, I was real close, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, not that you guys are listening, but if you ever did, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> so, they did uh, one of you know, in my top five, uh, Madeira. They did Nippon, which we talked about earlier, being such an amazing game. And then, Panamax. All three are just great Euro games. They're all in my top, like, 20 to 25 games of all time. I love all three of these games. So these guys, every time they make a game. And if I'm not mistaken, they've got Brazil, coming yeah, in 2025, Sometime. maybe, maybe 2026. <laughs> yeah. In 10 more years. Yeah. Yeah. That keeps
1: getting pushed back, but yeah. it looks like it will be a heck of a game hey, when it finally know comes out. I'd yeah.
0: rather them take the time and make sure the game is ready and is a great game than to rush it you know, and put it out there early. So, But anyway, so that's going to be my number two pick. So now I've got the swing.
1: Well, wait, they oh. also, I'm sorry. New they start? also, I'm kind of excited. Have you heard of their, their new... Release that was at Essen, and hopefully we're going to be able to get it here in the States soon called, I'm going to butcher this name, R-A-L, R-A-L, it's a kind of a, <laughs> it's a tile, it's a tile game. No. And yeah, hmm. so it's, uh, it is designed by, it's put out by Pandasaurus Games, supposedly it's oh. going to come to the States in March, and it's a little bit, probably a little bit lighter, but if you like those tile laying games, it looks like, I'm not sure if it's just Paulo Soledad or Nuno as well.
0: All right. So I know I'm going to get a lot of grief for this, but I'm going to do it no matter what I'm doing it. I'm going to go with that big heavy hitter here for my number three. I'm going Martin Wallace. Oh Wow.
1: I am surprised. So this must be only on the strength of brass brass. Excuse me. Brass. I don't know where I brass. 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 You know, I was well, going yes. with the uh, brass European Brass. Yes.
0: brass. <laughs> well, I, well, brass is amazing. And so he makes a great design, but let's not let's not just stick with brass. He has made a lot of great games, and there's quite a few of them that I do enjoy. Okay, give me a second look at my notepad here to remember them. Uh,
2: study of Emerald. You like that
0: one? The yeah. Semi-cooperative. One? Did you Like that? Uh, don't know. Never played it. Um, <laughs> you heard the word cooperative there. Did you? Lon- you like ships? No, I didn't like ships at all. <laughs> London. London I is did a good. Enjoy one. London one is, one is a good. good. Okay. Yes. Another one that you would be surprised that I like. Was hit the road? Hit the road. Oh yeah, yeah. The, okay. It was the like zombie a game. Yeah, zombie, it was yeah. a zombie game, but it was kind of a fun. Just you know, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I had a surprised. lot of. Yeah, all right, whatever. It, <laughs> it wasn't bad, but like I said, brass. All
2: right, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's really what it's. And about. I'm thank sure you, Roxley, for your beautiful.
0: <laughs> no, it could have been <laughs> beautiful the, the boring thing of Good brass of the design the great components. That's right.
2: And hey, Martin Wallace's name just happened to be on the box. <laughs>
0: oh boy oh boy whatever i don't want to hear it now um and i'm sure when i actually get to play age of steam correctly and not the uh chad let's you know make it as mean as we possibly can game i'm sure i'll enjoy that because i was yeah i was liking it it just was so brutal and punishing that i was like how can
2: anybody <laughs> that's like that? also getting another beautiful reprint
1: well yes uh, yes i heard you know tools doing some of that and also alban viard has some new maps out too so that's really ex- yeah.
0: exciting so I'm, there you go anyway um you know i've played actual steam which is not bad you know i enjoy it. so th- i think martin wallace certainly has and i well, for one thing i just haven't gotten to play a lot of his games too so i'm sure some of the other ones i think i'll quite enjoy but I mean, brass is just I mean, amazing. So, I my friend uh, Corey, he basically right now refuses to play brass, look at brass, talk about brass with me because he's like, I'm sick of you saying brass. Well, not only that, but like you play. Brass and you've got you guys have played it so much. He's played once
1: and you basically curb stomp him, which is not not fun yeah. for Corey. So. Not good teachers. Yeah. Well, no, probably not. Not at this point. But so you're like you're like oh three hundred and fifty two to seventy. Look how fun brass is. <laughs> hey, let's play again. <laughs> come on, don't let that bad Corey.
0: Come on. All right. So then my pick. number three, yeah, Martin Fantastic. Wallace. Good, totally so uninformed. For your third
2: pick in the designers draft. You chose brass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Chad, what what do you got for number all third right. pick?
1: My third pick is gonna be uh, a stalwart in my collection. I own a lot of his games. Not all of them, but a lot of his games. One might accuse him of not much variance.
0: I, I like how he now goes, I have all Okay, I have most <laughs> of his games because he doesn't want to make that same mistake. <laughs> it's hard to have all
1: this guy's games, really. Uh, because he has a lot out there. Um But I have quite a few of them, even though there is not always a lot of variance to his gameplay, but I'm going to go with Uwe Rosenberg.
0: Yeah, I figured. He's,
1: I mean, just on the strength of something like Agricola, which I know you guys don't necessarily love. He really revolutionized worker placement, I think, from that aspect, and created variability within that game that can continue for plays. That's why people still play Agricola all you do is put out a different deck and there's so much to do there and you guys I mean look at how much uh, how how great Neuschfjord was last year that was I, I mean I know Clef it wasn't to your liking but it was such a great quick game with lots of decisions even the solo game which I don't necessarily love most of the time was was great and the the stock kind of interplay with that not to mention a game like Lahav, which is Super sweet engine building, and you know, it's 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 that that one's a solid game as well. And then for those who just want to play in the sandbox, there's Caverna and Fields of Arl, which, oh my gosh, I love now with the expansion how deep Fields of Arl is and how many different roads there are to go down. So Uva Rosenberg's got to be my number three pick.
0: That, great pick. I mean, he is. I mean, to me, I mean, him and Feld are really. Two of the top designers out there, you know, for a long period of time. Certainly and,
1: two of the most prolific, right? Exactly.
0: Absolutely. So, no, uh, great pick. Definitely good. So, all right, Richie.
2: All right. So, I'll take the other half of my kind of designer duo team and take Wolfgang Kramer mm-hmm. for my third pick. Uh, so, I mean, with him, you got Downforce, uh, Colbaron, him and Kiesling, uh, Nauticus, the Palaces of Carrara is uh, another one of my favorite games in my top 25, definitely. Uh, Mexico, call across the board, two of my favorite designers, those two.
0: I mean, I'd throw them right up there with Feld and, and Rosenberg. I oh, mean,
1: yeah, and those guys, one of the things that they do really well is take a mechanic and make it accessible, too, so they give you kind of a balance of, here's the minimum rules you need to have some really great decisions, and that's, that's what those two as a duo do really well. Another game that I really like in... in uh, introducing newer gamers to, sort of as a next step game, is Coliseum. I know not everybody enjoys that, but I really enjoy that played under the right circumstances, where you're announcing your show and stuff. And
2: that's a Cromer game too, not with Kiesling. Right. I can't mm-hmm. remember the other designer, but it's a it's a great game. All right, so with my last pick, and I this designer now he puts out a lot of, I won't say he puts out a lot of garbage, but. <laughs> <laughs> great way to start yeah. he, he, okay Hope he, he's listening he designs a lot of games and they don't all hit but when they hit they hit uh, Reiner Knizia. Uh so you got raw uh, I, I love yellow and Yangtze uh, which is just a you know a re-implementation of Tigris and Euphrates through the desert modern art Medici the uh, latest one that he put out recently was blue Lagoon but he's just he puts out a lot of good. Uh, you know kind of abstract games and auction games and that's you know right up my alley and if you want to talk about prolific I mean this guy beats everybody oh. up and down the yeah. street
1: yeah, prolific. good I call mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous and so I got to go with you because we talk about auctions all the time and the great thing that we love about auctions is that it's minimum amount of rules right for great above the table decisions and the and you know the variances between the players back and forth and he does a great job of this so yeah I, I definitely had him on my short list great pick All right, well, I know that I'm not going to get any argument here when I pick this because nobody was gunning for this, but I respect the heck out of Vlada Kvadl. all right? He is a designer that is not only deep, but wide with his breadth of design. So this is a guy who has made something deep and heavy, like, through the ages, right, and then he goes and makes a party game like Code Names, and then and then he makes something crazy random like Galaxy Trucker, which I have a great time playing with my family. So, I mean, he has created and again, don't forget one of my one of the worker placement games that I really enjoy, and I know I'm the only one at the table, but that's all right. Dungeon Pets, he likes to tell great stories with his games, and Dungeon Pets is great for that.
0: Well, you you've got your your buddy Ben over in Germany who loves your dungeon pets and you're through the ages. <laughs> I, you know all, what you those know. are
1: those are by far the only people but if if Ben stands with me in my corner I'm happy about it. Uh, Vlad Khvadel for his breadth of design alone is is on my list. He's got to make the list. He's sort of a Mount Rushmore of designers for me just because of how many different kinds of games he's designed and you just have to respect that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not going to argue with you and say, I mean, did I enjoy Dungeon Pets? No, maybe not to the fullest. And, you know, through the ages, just, I don't know, maybe it wasn't played under the right circumstances and I've got to try it again. But I can't disagree with you. For one thing, I mean, Codenames. I mean, Codenames is a phenomenal game that still to this day, you know, it's a great time to pull out with the family. Or it's still a great time to pull out with with uh, other gamers and have a, a nice game of it. I mean, it's it's amazing. I cannot argue with you. Uh, solid, solid pick.
2: Yeah, I figured that'd be on on your list for sure. Uh, but yeah, Codenames is my favorite game of his, maybe the only game I own of his. But does who does Pulsar? Um, Pulsar is sushi. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so, and that's a great game. But so yeah, uh, Codenames. Yeah. But they're both CG. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: for yeah, sure. that's what I was thinking. CG.
0: Okay, I'm ready for my last one. So so far, I've got Simone Luciani. Great pick there. Thank you. Good job, Cliff. Okay. Um, I'm just complimenting myself here. Um, and then of course, the amazing Nuno and Paolo for doing, you know, some of the great what's your game games. And then my third pick is uh brass I mean Martin Wallace. So my last pick, uh, you know, I I really like this designer and I granted he's only got a few games out but I really think I, I like those these games a lot and I'm always looking forward now to anything new that he's going to put out and that's going to be Michael Keller. I love La huh? I think it's a great game, one of my favorites and I really enjoy Agra. I mean, a lot of, or Agra, sorry, Agra. I know a lot of people thought eh, it's a little too bloated for what it was and a little too much, but I really enjoy it and that's one of those games that I wish I could get to the table a little bit more. So he great games there, and then I haven't had a chance yet to play Solarius Mission. I've got that. I backed that Kickstarter. So. Yeah. So, but every, for everything that looked of that, I really like the look of that, and I want to try it. So I mean, it's he's one of those designers hasn't done a lot, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there, and I I think that Michael Keller really is strong, and I think he's done some great designs, and I'm really looking forward to anything new that he puts out. I'm, it's definitely gonna try to hit the table for me. So. I'm going to finish it off with Michael Keller. Right. And, uh, you know, he did design two of those. He designed
1: with Andreas Odendahl, uh, La Granha and Solarius mission. Uh, Otherwise known as Ode, now the one that you thought worked for the Dice Tower, but anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to mention his name out of respect because because he had a lot to do with some of those designs too. And again, I love Lagranha huh, as well. So
0: right, absolutely. All right, so there we go. So there's so uh, so I went through my four. So Chad, reread your four, so everybody knows what you took. Sure, I chose Alexander Fister,
1: and then. Richie just gave me the
2: the glare. (laughs) Just staring (laughs) (laughs) Chad
1: down at me. Stefan Feld, Uwe Rosenberg,
2: and Vlada Hvadel.
0: (laughs) All right, Richie, you want to go over what you did?
2: So I took Vital Lacerda. (laughs) Stare down (laughs) Chad over there. Still (laughs) looking (laughs) at Chad. Michael Kiesling, Wolfgang Kramer, and Reiner Knizia.
0: Okay, I don't know if it's worth putting up a poll. I think Chad is one with Rosenberg and Feld and Fischer. I don't even
2: know he if it's probably worth will, it. Yeah, with, <laughs> but Rosenberg and Feld, he, hey, he'll probably get a lot of
0: votes. Probably, but hey, maybe you guys want to you know, vote a little something different. Or, you
1: know, vote and then put in the comments below on our guild. Our yeah. guild is 3227, by the way, on Board Game Geek, Put who your top four designers would be or why you just totally think one of us is crazy or, you know... And it could have nothing to do with designers. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, we love... I mean, this is why we do this podcast. We love the back and forth with other people.
2: So, Any uh, honorable mentions?
0: Um, I think probably a big honorable mention, even since maybe... You know, not all of his games do I love, but Jamie Stegmeier definitely deserves an honorable mention. I mean, Scythe is an amazing game. We all love VidiCulture; it's in our top mm-hmm. twenty.
1: I just, I really like the way he runs his company too. Like, even if I don't like everything he does, I, I really respect the guy. So, yeah, th- that would be on my short list you as can well.
0: Tell, he's a smart guy and has smart designs. So yeah, definitely, and, and yeah, really cares about so. the community. Oh, absolutely. Creates. Yep, I would agree on that. And Richie, what, what did you have any?
2: All right, Jay Alex uh, Cavern. Oh, sure, He's, yeah. He does the you know kind of the perfect medium weight, almost filler sometimes games. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, I don't, ha- I haven't played a lot of his designs, so that's why he didn't make it up there. But uh, and then also uh, Chris Brum, he does all the gift series abstract games. Oh, yeah. So like uh, Yinch and Czar, and like I said, I love abstract abstract games. Jessica loves abstract games, and to make interesting abstract games i think is extremely difficult so i, I definitely respect that
0: huh? what about you chad did you have anybody there my two i would
1: pick matthias cromer uh so he of Glenmore and kraftwagen and also um rococo those are some great oh, games to me great games so they that he was on my short list and the other one was and th- i always think about him when i think about what i love about Le Granja, which is the multi-use cards it's carl Chuddock. So not everybody is hot for Carl Chuddock, but I love the way he uses multi-use cards in some of his games. As we know, Matai is one of my favorites. So
0: Yeah. And I think one other one I would throw out for me, uh, Inca and Marcus Brand. Uh, you know, yep. I love Village, and I don't know why that one doesn't hit the table more. I love that game, and certainly... You know, the exit games and stuff for people. I mean, that's not my cup of tea, but I know other people really enjoy those. I think they do some really solid work for sure.
1: They do. And I haven't played Rise to Queensdale, but I'm, I'm curious about that game. Yeah. And, then of course, the uh, Rondell one that I have, uh, it is Murano. Murano. Yeah. I think that's an interesting game because I like the way that the Rondell yeah, worker plays. I enjoy that
0: too. So that. Yeah. So, no, very, very solid. So Okay. So, well, that ends our draft of our favorite designers. Okay, guys. You wanna play a game?
1: Yeah, let's. Yes. I mean, I think we need to break out uh, Teo to Juan.
0: No, no, no. I mean a game on the radio. Oh, oh, you're talking okay. on, no. <laughs> on the radio? The Are podcast? Oh, we hear is okay. oh. Radio Gaga. What do we got here? What All right, got-
1: I
2: didn't know you were prepared. To- Whoa, oh my God! Wow. I mean, look Ooh, at this! Look at we're here! Stepping at this. things this is up. A guy who doesn't <laughs> like components. We got props <laughs> here. Yeah, well, why don't you just give us a piece of you Ooh. know paper and a pencil? Look at this!
0: I love it. We got whiteboard. Hey, okay, and you guys our are not going to get to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you dry erase boards so you could write down your answers. This is great. This I is know. high class. Okay, Even now I apologize. i You I'm see, sorry. that's
2: your favorite color there. I know. And I, got I did.
0: I got... Now, granted, they only had blue and green as the only two colors. But... <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: thanks for thinking of me.
0: Okay, so here's what I did. So last time when I did just, you know, I did like 10 questions or whatever, and I just picked different random games um, and asked you guys questions, uh, it was a little bit of a struggle couple of questions you got a couple of them that were a little bit of a struggle so i think i did pretty well in that so okay maybe chad's trying to be nice here right (laughs) so this time what i did is i have got 10 questions five of the questions will be from richie's top five games of all time and the other five questions will be from chad's top five games of all time his real top five (laughs) whatever he gave the, like, okay, on the podcast that episode, right, yeah gotcha. i think his top five was close to what his real games were yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. five before that were that were like <laughs> <Yes>. bizarre <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> so this way we can see who really knows their top five games oh great okay so <laughs> question number one okay? are you gonna tell us i will tell you the game oh okay we obviously know what uh, whose game is what here. Well, I'll say for the listeners, so I'll say whose is that favorite game. And then you guys both write down the answer. And then you get one point if it was your favorite game and you get the answer right. You get two points if it was the other person's favorite game and you get the correct answer. Okay. All right. Can you guys help keep score on your little things too? Okay. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay, so the first game we're going to do is Orleon, which is Richie's number five. And the question is, At the end of the game, when you collect the wool, the token, the wool token, okay, there's different tokens. You know, you got the cheese and the wine and the different ones. If you collect the wool, how much is each one of those wool tokens worth at the end of the game?
2: Man, you asked some random questions. Um, (laughs) I just played this. See? Okay. I I played one of the variants where you don't play with the goods.
0: Oh, (laughs) I guess that didn't help
2: you. I did not just play this.
0: (laughs) Chad is looking at me right now and has the shrug of the shoulders of I have no idea.
2: I don't I don't really know either, Chad. So don't wow. that. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> I didn't make them all this hard, I'll tell you that right. much. Okay. All right. Four points is what Chad has. Uh, Seven uh, is what Richie has. Four points is correct? Yes! <laughs> like the top one is worth five, Richie. I What's couldn't coming? remember what the cloth was worth. All right, so, five. Uh, so so how you, how get two two, you get two. You get two points.
2: All right. All right. Off to a good start.
0: So now we're going to do one from Chad. So we are the Chad's number five. The game, this question is going to be from Fields of Arl. Okay. If you complete the travel part of your board, you know how you complete that travel point. What is the amount of points you can earn by completing that? Hey, Chad, you got Linky ready to go? <laughs> <laughs> I, might
2: I don't do better get on you.
0: that. God, I didn't make them all this hard. The first two are probably the hardest. <laughs> he just said that about the first one. No, well, yeah. For first one for both of you. I tried to make them equal as I tried to make the game. So. <laughs> okay. All right. What do you guys got? You got 20 points and 30 points. The correct answer is 10. all righty okay all right so no points there (laughs) invisible by 10 (laughs) the next question is going to be from vidiculture so this is richie's number four what is the highest value of white wine white wine you can produce with a medium cellar if you only have the medium cellar built in the game what is the highest value of white wine you can produce Okay, and let's see the answers. They both have six, and that is the correct answer. All Good right. job, gentlemen. All right. So
1: I get one and Richie gets two? Uh,
0: no. no, you get two and Richie gets one because it was Richie's favorite game. Okay. The next question is from Chad's favorite, number four, which was Keyflower. What is the maximum player count for Keyflower? I told you this would be a little easier. Base? Just Just base game. Well, it's the maximum number of players that you can play in Keyflower. Yep, nope, just base game. Maximum number of players. Okay, they're both writing, and Chad has written down six, and Richie has written down five. Oh, Richie, this is going to be a long day for you. Six is a <laughs> correct <laughs> answer, so one point for Chad. I would never play that game
2: with six people. Is no, like, no, of course I, not. But that's what—that's that's the maximum player can play.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I was like, "Wow, that shocks!" I would never. I would have guessed five. Yeah, also, yeah. You know. All right, back to Richie here. Okay. This is going to come from Richie's number three, which is the Voyages of Marco Polo. How much coin do you have to pay if you place a two and a four on top of somebody else's die in the travel area? If their dice were five and six, how much coin do you have to pay when you place your dice on top of... Another player's dice in the travel area. If their dice are five and six,
1: if your dice are two and a four,
0: yeah, your dice are two and a four, and you're placing them on top of somebody else's dice that are already there. Their dice are five and a six. How much coin? You have to always have to pay money to place your mm-hmm. dice. Right. Or, sorry, to place your pay your dice on top of somebody else's in in Marco Polo. How much money do you have to pay if yours were a two and a four, and you're putting them on top of a five and a six in the travel area? All right? Do we have answers locked in? All right. And we got 6 total. We have 4 total. Guys, that's both of you are wrong. Is it always the lower? It's always the lower. Uh, it does not matter, what, yeah, doesn't matter what doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the dice are that you're putting it on top of. You always have to play whatever the lower number of your dice is because that's how much you actually get to do. So you that's so 2 would be how much you could actually value up to travel or whatever. So you have to pay 2 coins. I always
2: lose at that each. game, even though I love it. So, so, this all makes sense.
0: Rich is not doing so good here, Chad. You you, get, you you got a good grip on this one. All right, so now we're moving to now we're moving to Chad's number three, which is from the game Brass. It's a pretty good pick, by the way, there, Chad. <laughs> what is the highest number that the foreign market can go down with one single tile draw? So what there's what tile has the highest number that, you know, that the market, the foreign market can go down? Is that all making sense? Yep, Everybody's yep. got it? Okay. And the answer is we got a three from Chad and a four from Richie. Richie is on the board with two more points because four is the correct one. There is one four tile that is in there. All right. It's okay, Chad. It's okay. You're still, still, lead. what's, what's a, what's the point total right now? We should let the I've listeners got 3 go. I've got five. Okay. So it's five to three. Ooh, that closed the gap a little bit there. All right. So now,
2: more brass questions.
0: (laughs) The next question is from Richie's number two, which is from 51st State. Okay. Chad, I think you've played this, right? So, okay. How many phases are there in a player's turn?
2: (laughs) Oh, man. All right. How -hmm. many, just
0: how many phases are there in a player's turn? I really haven't played this game a lot, so it's hard for me to pick out a question. that's, That's a hard question because there is a. Well, right the like right when you start to read the rule book, it very plainly okay, says that yeah, so blah out. Blah, blah blah phases in each yeah. player's turn. So I thought, well, maybe this is a really big thing that you know you you know that like I know in you know Clans of Caledonia there are seven different actions that you can always take on your turn. So type of thing.
1: But this is not actions. This is nope,
0: not the actions you can take. Just the different phases. I actually wrote them down here, just in case you guys want to know them once we're done here. Okay, I think Chad is locked in. Is that correct? And Richie is still. Th- I've
2: written him, but I, I don't think. I know. I know confusing. there's. I know there's going to be like little steps yep. that I'm not correct. thinking of. Probably. Yep. Think of playing the game. All right. Um, I know
0: I'm wrong. So okay, I'm, I'm, so. Eh,
2: but, here we
0: go. All right. Eh, there we go. Chad has five. Yep. No, four. And Richie has. I had three. I was going to write five. Okay. Well, if you had written five, you'd have been correct. <laughs> nah. All right, let me let me guess okay. here.
2: Okay, so the lookout phase is first. Yeah, correct. Easy to remember. And then after the lookout phase, you go into action.
0: Yep. Your uh, action phase. Nope. There's something before actions.
2: What do you? Oh, like the refresh phase?
0: Are you refreshing no. the? No. I don't know what's it what called. Is it? Production phase. Oh right. Oh, produce, see, I don't yeah,
2: think so. It, so we it, always he's like. Yeah, right. he's right. No, but okay. yeah, just, it just okay. seems automatic.
0: Then into actions. actions. Okay. Yeah. Then. Cleanup. Cleanup is the last phase. Pass. Passing. Uh, no. It said, "I don't even know what this is." YP count. What is that?
2: YP count.
0: That's what it said. YP count, like the letter Y, and then the P, and then count. I don't know the game. Oh,
2: idea. Chad, I think you got two points. Uh, I think so too. <laughs> that it specifically
0: count. says on the on the rules five My. phases are there any specific- younger players okay nope next move on to the next phase
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't know richie you're supposed to know it's your favorite game
2: i mean after number you're done two. with the actions you pass and then you have the cleanup phase and you go back into the lookout phase yeah.
0: i don't know so, I, will, I couldn't tell you what we'll have to pull it up phases. afterwards and then take a look at All it right. i don't know okay okay so now we're on to chad's number two which is going to be lisboa Name the three nobles what their names are, and I will accept the English answers, not the uh, Portuguese, I believe, answers. Yeah. So there are the three nobles that you go and visit. They each have specific names.
2: I have no clue.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's why it's not one of your favorites. (laughs) It's from that uh, hack uh, lacerta that you had to take from. I know. <laughs> okay, can you read that? Okay. So- By the way, Richie has red, green, blue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's right; those are the colors, kind of <laughs> architect city city planner. Okay. Uh, the marquee, and then the king.
0: It's pretty darn close. Uh, it, the builder is what the the blue guy was called. Okay. The king is absolutely correct, and then it, the minister. But I also think it's called that. Uh, marquee. The marquee. Yeah. So yeah. I, close enough. I'm gonna I'm going give Chad the point, and I'm gonna give Richie a point for knowing the colors. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. I'm thinking. Come
0: on. <laughs> All right. Okay. So what do we got? Six to four right now. Chad has six. Yep. And I think that's it. correct. Yeah. All right. So we're down to the last two questions. For anybody who is still listening to this episode. <laughs> Okay, so Richie's number one, Lorenzo El Magnifico. How many points do you earn if you are on the last spot of the faith track? If you're on the very last spot of the faith track, how many points do you earn when you score points for that, if you're all the way at the end? Chad has an answer locked in. What would you have, Chad? was 25, and Richie has 30. One point for Richie. 30 points is what you score if you get all the full points from the faith track. All right. So here it is. So now it's six to five. Yeah. So if Richie gets this right and Chad Ooh. misses it, Richie wins.
1: All
0: right. So Chad, all you gotta do is get this right. And this is easy. This is Gaia Project. Chad's number one. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote down, Trebek sucks. <laughs> if you're a Saturday Nightlife fan, you'll know what that means. Texas <laughs> with a dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> What resource do you pay normally? I'm not talking about there is a special race that's something different, but normally do you have to pay to place out a satellite? What is the resource that you have to pay to place out a satellite normally? And there's exceptions to every single rule in guy project with a different races almost, so this is most races. Wow, Chad is is just sighed a little bit there. It's he's been too long. He is uh he's got some definite thought processing going on. I'm not sure if Richie is really writing out an answer right now or if he's right <laughs> now. He's drawing. So yeah, yeah. he's I making some pretty pictures. Come on, Chad, I'm rooting for you here. Well now you just gotta hope Richie misses. <laughs> All right, what do we got?
1: <laughs> not the QIC, Richie. It's a, <laughs> a good good job, good job. Uh
0: Iron. <laughs> Iron. <laughs> it's the purple energy, the stuff that's in your bowls that you oh, move around. You right. have to remove one yeah. of those from the game to, that's right. I forgot. to be able to place a satellite. You're right. But Chad, you still won? Yes! <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Out of their favorite games, how do you feel like they did here?
1: Yeah, that, that was rough. I, I have to feel bad for that last Gaia project. But, you know, it's been a really long time. Mm-hmm. we
0: got to get that back to the table that's then. That's the sir. thing about it's, doing
1: so... reviewing games. It's like, mm-hmm. when do you get your... Ones you love back yeah. to the table. Yeah,
0: it's it is tough. That's but, for sure. But, that was fun. Thanks all for right, that so together. there we go. So there's good. your your favorite games there. So, I please don't do that with me because I will do even worse. <laughs> <laughs>
2: next episode.
1: <laughs> that's right, here we come. Speaking of which, what is going to be our next episode? We're going to
0: do a review, right? Well, in our next episode, we are going to review the new hit, Architects of the West Kingdom. Great. I'm I'm excited
1: for that one. So. Should be fun. Yeah, so tune in. Hey, by the way, if you guys have not checked out our our YouTube page, we're on YouTube now at Punchboard Paradise on YouTube. So please come check it out because if you were interested in the expansion to Great Western Trail by Alexander Pfister on my top designers list, (laughs) (laughs) we did did a review for the expansion Rails to the North, which is really interesting. Uh, Short story, we liked it. Please go check that out and leave a comment and like us and subscribe on our YouTube page. In addition, you know where to shoot us a, an email to ask a question at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at Punchboarders or check us out at Punchboard Paradise on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. And don't forget, go vote on our guild at 3227 on
0: BGG, Board Game Geek. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Have a great night. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening.